This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I am so excited today to catch up with Melissa Ortiz, the former Olympian and professional footballer, also representative of the national team for Colombia, and now an analyst for FUBO's coverage of the eliminatorias, the Comeball qualifiers for the 2022 World Cup. We're also going to talk to her about her exciting new project, Kickoff Coffee. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Burn It All Down. Thank you, Brenda. Super pumped to, to be part of this program and, and dive into different topics, maybe controversial, but always great to chat about. That's our that's our forte here. That's sort of the name, name of the game. So <laughs> we we invite any controversy here. Um, celebrate it. So I obviously the last couple of weeks. We've seen massive protests in Colombia. It's very distressing. For our listeners that don't know much about the situation, do you think you could just give them a basic primer? Yeah. Um, so the current president in Colombia, uh, his name is Presidente Duque. Duque is his last name. He's been in office as of more recent, and this isn't the first go around of, of protests and mass protests, but as of two weeks ago, the end of April, um, he tried to do a tax reform in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of not only pandemic, but like one of the hardest economic situations the country has been in a very long time. Um, and so there are mass protests, uh, marches as well, which are a mix in between peaceful, but also have turned to violent. Um, because also um, there has been news that you know, these things, these protests that turn violent are because the police have used police brutality against the protesters and have been shooting, you know, whether it's bullets or um, rubber bullets or anything of that such. I've, I've heard of acid uh, being sprayed. I've heard of different crazy things, which is really sad. So um, there's been over 20 deaths, unfortunately, within just like a very short time within a few days. And also there are over 100 people missing. Um, so it's very unfortunate, the, the current situation in Colombia. It's very saddening as well. Um, the protests have gone global. Um, you know, there's marches in New York City. There's marches all over the U.S. and Miami. Um, but also I've seen pictures like in Paris and, and different things. So um, it definitely has hit home for sure, um, being that my family is from Colombia. I lived in Colombia, although I was born in the USA. Um, it's still um, a country I hold close to heart. It's my second home. So yeah, it's a, it's a very rough situation at the moment. 
how is the soccer or the the football community or sports more generally responded? Have athletes made statements? Have they come out about this, given opinions? Now, surprisingly, not surprisingly, actually, um, the men players on the national team didn't really like voice out their concerns or anything. Uh, up until literally things turned really bad um, just a few days ago. So I believe they received a lot of backlash. For instance, James, you know, he finally posted something on his Instagram saying, you know, no against violence, no against all that. Like, yes, peaceful protests. But like, I think he also did it out of defense because his family was getting um, threatened. And so that is also unfortunate too. And that should not happen, but you know, our athletes have to be more vocal and they're always, especially our male athletes that have such a a large voice, uh, for our country. They're very standoffish. They don't, they don't speak out at all. Um, and it's just, it's just going to continue to be like that, whether it's for the good. Um, and for our women's team, I mean, I think since day one, I started posting in my Instagram stories and then a bunch of my other teammates also posted, uh, whether it was on Twitter, on Instagram and everything. Some of our female players actually also went to some of the marches. I know a few went to some in Spain. I mean, a ton of them went to in their, in their specific cities in within Colombia. I think as part of the soccer community, uh, as part of athletes and like, I guess, soccer voices and celebrities, you have to use your voice and I'm proud that our women's team continues to use their voice no matter what. Whereas the men's team just seems like they're, they don't as much unless it's something that they, they at some point in time say, okay, I probably should post something, you know? Yeah. It struck me the difference between, for example, um, our torchbearer of the week this week was Yoreli Rincon um, for her really forthright posting on this. Um, and it was, surprising to me I guess it's a maybe it shouldn't be but I have this question and I wonder if you do too which is their situation is so much more precarious it's so much more difficult for them to get sponsorships that in some way it seems like even though they're more vulnerable they're more willing to speak out or do you think there's different pressures on the men like what feels different there to you well I think I think you hit it on the spot, like it's different pressures. Right. Um, but also, I mean, look, Yoreli, I grew up playing with Yoreli. Um, she must be late twenties at this point, at this point in time, I think, you know, if we didn't have these mass sponsors, it's like, what's really going to change largely in the next upcoming years in Colombia. Although women's soccer is growing tremendously globally and like sponsors are finally, you know, hopping on the bus. I feel like a lot of these brands are going to start being more authentic. So it's best to be yourself and, and best to be authentic and and voice what you believe is right. Um, and not care, you know, based on what you think is right, whether, whether, whether it's going to affect potential brand sponsorships. So I feel like, you know, if someone like Hamas Falcao or another male player is sponsored by Adidas or whomever, I don't think those brands would even say anything against this, you know? So looking at it from a marketing perspective, I think that's just dumb to, to even think, you know, that's at risk, but a lot of them just don't like to get involved in, in politics. And at the, 
end of the day, this is a, a political thing, um, unfortunately, because for me, it is a political thing, but it's also a human rights thing and it's lives that are dying. It's not even political anymore. They're, they're uh, innocent lives, but that's how they see it. That's how a lot of the Colombians see it. A lot of the Colombians are still uh, in that mindset where athletes shouldn't get involved in politics. Athletes shouldn't talk about this. I just watched a documentary of Jay Balvin actually on Netflix, which is amazing. And literally his own mentors were saying, don't get involved in politics. Don't, don't speak up, you know, or, or share your thoughts on this. When in reality, his agent finally was like, I think you need to be yourself and speak what you want to say. So I feel like that was the, the best like way to say or, or be in that scenario if you were like a political figure, celebrity or athlete. Yeah, I, I said to students that I was teaching, we were right in the section on culture and politics in Latin America in this class. And I said, you know, if you want to know the tides, look at what Shakira's posted and look at what Jay Belvin's posted. And they'll probably keep you as up to date as anybody. Uh, so it's remarkable because Colombia, since Gabriel Garcia Marquez, has had a history of cultural producers that are really important in interpreting the political moment. You know what's yeah. crazy, Brenda? Like mm -hmm. that we're talking about artists and, and singers. Um, Puerto Rico has like crazy artists in the Latin American music, you know, mm -hmm. or Caribbean uh, music scene, right? You have a lot of reggaeton artists, Bad Bunny, you have Nicky Jam, you have Residente, who is also known as Calle Trece, yep. who's very outspoken. And these Puerto Rican like singers, artists, reggaetoneros, they're speaking more about Colombia's problems yeah. than yeah. actual Colombian artists are. And that's a problem, right? Yeah. Like that's such a problem. And that's the point. It's like Puerto Rico being such a small island, but like they still voice their rights very loud and proud. Like they do it for the Colombian society. Whereas this is what we need for Colombians to do. Yeah, I saw Bad Bunny repost or re-up Jay Balvin. And that was the first time I had seen sort of live footage that was happening at the moment. And it's kind of fascinating that that's where it's coming from. I mean, it's a really good point. So in terms of those male allies, right? So we're looking at, you know, Falcao, who I know people were looking for a statement that didn't really come, or James. Some people were disappointed that it felt tepid um and not specific at least compared to like Jay Balvin or Shakira or something like that it also seems like the male allyship for the women's players and their professional league it's just been years of their grassroots organizing we've covered it a lot on this show it's amazing what they've been able to do but unfortunately how much work they have to do you know can't just play football they have to be a PR person they have to be an activist has the male allies, have they shown up for the Colombian women in this most recent push to keep the professional game in the COVID moment? No, absolutely not. I mean, not to my knowledge, no. I mean, I haven't even seen a, I haven't even seen a big Colombian athlete share a highlight of the women's league, like share like, wow, this is, this is amazing, you know? So I'm saying to my knowledge, maybe I missed it, maybe I didn't, but it's, unfortunate because this is something that you would expect uh our male players to be proud of right for the women's uh for women in Colombia to be able to compete professionally but again I think it all comes down to politics like there's so much politics involved in Colombian professional soccer as well whether it's between Di Mayor 
whether it's between the Federation. Uh, and then of course, like um, El Ministerio de Deporte, which is like the sport uh, ministry of Colombia also got involved as well to try to support. Um, but again, like there's, there's no really public support of our men really rooting on for our women's league nor our national team. Yeah, we're still winning. seems like a very long wait uh, at this point. So recently there was a video that did get a lot of attention, not necessarily from Colombian men, but I saw several other men's players um, tweeting it out, saying how amazing it was. Can you describe to us kind of what's been going on with the Colombian women? Why this video? Yeah, so as of recent, um, there was a video that went viral about Aguila, which is a beer brand in Colombia. I believe it's owned by Anheuser-Busch Global, but it went viral out of nowhere. And it depicted a scene that, you know, Colombian women's soccer in general was going down, like hardcore. It was in the midst of our uh, professional women's soccer league collapsing. It was also in the midst of when Isabella Echeverri and I started this movement um, and denounced the federation for all the unjust or unfair treatment. And they utilized scenes uh, or videos and, and real footage from our press conference that we did against the federation. They used footage from uh, different parts of the league from like 2019 with uh, some of the clubs like Junior and their campaign, it was a marketing campaign that they did where they took half of the crest of their logo on the soccer jersey and they cut it in half. Um, and the players would wear this half crested logo, um, which made a huge impact because their whole idea behind it was it was about fans, Lanchada. Um, and they called it half fans. You know, you're only full when you support men's and women's teams. Um, and so it was trying and I applaud them for, for doing this. Like it had the goal to unite the fans to support both men's and women's team. That it's the same sport. It's the same passion and it's the same logo and team and club that you're supporting. But the problem was, is that they depicted an, a very inaccurate, uh, reality of women's soccer in Colombia. You know, in 2019, the footage that they, that they got, yes, that was obviously true. There were I don't know, 27,000 fans in the stands for like the final and, and, and more in other games as well. But um, that's just a very small, I guess, uh, scene of what the reality is. And so what they made it look as if, you know, they were the Jesus Christ figure or they were the savior of the women's pro league and like women's soccer in general in Colombia. And it pretty much ended as if like, wow, Colombian women's soccer is like amazing right now. Whereas when I saw this ad, I was like, first off, I was like, wow, what a video. I mean, this is a heck of an ad. If I worked for this marketing agency, agency, like kudos, you know? But then at the same time, I was like, this is actually bullshit because this is something that we've worked for so long. You know, me being as a player, uh, it was something that we had to go through day to day, but then now me not being a player and alongside my teammates, literally like throughout our own, like our own passion, our own time, we give to helping build the league with zero compensation, with zero, no interest whatsoever. We do it out of pure love and passion and for them to act as the savior in this instance, to paint a picture that's not true is, is very saddening. 
Um, I'm really disappointed as well. And, you know, it's crazy because in 2017, the league only lasted, well, it was only four months. In 2018, three months. Uh, 2019, I believe it was two months and two weeks. And then last year it was two months. And at this given point in time, we don't even know if the Women's Professional League in Colombia is going to happen next year. You know, and right now, um, I believe it's only 11% of players have current contracts at this mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. So it's a very low percentage. So anyways, like throwing out these stats is just to show that that video was very inaccurate. So we actually spoke uh, to the brand directly. We were thinking about doing a statement, but we're like, okay, let's go to them directly and and see, because at the end of the day, they could be a really great um, ally for us too. So it's a sensitive subject matter. Um, And what happened was that that was a video that they had been building since 2019 the thing is, is that they're not promoting a certain product. They were just promoting the campaign, um, which I think is just, I don't know. I have different thoughts about this is the whole thing behind it was to submit this into an award, like a publicity award, Premio de Publicidad it's called. So it's like, a, it's like the best advertisement, right? Yeah. Or there's awards for advertising. Yeah. So they're elected as for that campaign as being like a really great, uh, publicity initiative which it is but at the same time it's inaccurate I have to tell you when I saw it I was moved and then I thought what have I missed because I follow really closely I do events with you know the Colombian women's players all the time burn it all down tries to stay really on top of these things and I was like wait a minute because I was just talking about how their contracts are never more than two to three months I was just talking about how their season wasn't scheduled. And then I watched this triumphant thing, which felt great because that's what you want to see. It's like aspirational. It kind of makes me feel both sad and happy to hear you say that because I didn't retweet it. My instinct was like, there's something off. This just doesn't feel at all right. Um, But then again, who wants to, you know, pour... Malawa, right on this yeah and just like you said you didn't retweet it nor did I nor did <laughs> any of my teammates retweet it but the what's sad is is like anybody that just sees that doesn't really know Colombian women's football also because there's not a lot of press coverage and I understand that because at the same time it's like if you look at different leagues around the world yeah am I gonna really know what's going on in another league like no you know so I understand and and there was some big figures that retweeted that and like Lucy Bronze retweeted it and applauded it and like this thing just like went viral but the thing is like it's not even viral in Colombia whatsoever it's only global because they did it in English too yep so our conversations with the brand and the agency um it was very uh, professional you know they were really grateful that we went to them first because we were thinking about doing a statement against it but we look at more of it like okay what could we do together to one, either make this a reality or two, fix this and do something together to make it known that this is not the reality, that the brand has to play a role in making a reality. But, you know, I'm still, I'm still thinking about what, <laughs> what I'm going to say or what we're going to say. It's just like, it's, it's a delicate subject matter when you want these allies, but, you know, also want your voice to be heard. 
And I do just want to say um, for listeners that haven't followed so much of, of the Colombian national women's team, which has had a lot of success in 2015 and in other moments in its history, that this federation in the last four years have faced criminal charges for um, sexual harassment and assault, including of minors. So it's not something that an ad agency within or outside of Colombia should be allowed to take lightly. This has been real serious. So just to, you know, it's not just like, oh yeah, they get neglected like all South American women's teams. It's no, there's been real like serious misconduct on the part of some officials who have been allowed to stay in the Federation for years, um, even following, not anymore, you know, but, but they were. And we've seen, you know, presidents of clubs say that, that women's football is a petri dish for lesbianism, as if, you know, that's a bad thing. And the homophobia and the sexism um, and, and it intersects with racism has been real serious. So, um, I know, you know, this all Melissa, but I just want to kind of, I don't know how you feel when I say that, like, if you agree, but I feel like it's extra, um, it has to be treated with extra care. Absolutely. It has to be treated with extra care, extra respect. And just like you said, and that's a point that we brought up in the meetings too, like, you know, it's not just about women's soccer and like the battle of women's soccer. It's everything that's happened behind it even since like the 60s 70s before we were born you know there's been so much and then all of a sudden for this brand to come up on this pedestal and be like we saved the league every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts you just need indeed don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with indeed Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash blue wire to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's been really, it's been a shock to me over the past week to see this thing blow up on social media. And I'm like, we're, we're like waiting to see, what do we do? What do we do about this? And we're still in like the mix of things of what are next steps and what's the right or wrong thing to do. Well, definitely for our listeners out there, um, follow the women's players um, to figure out what to get excited about and what to support and what to retweet um, as often as you can. Cause as we've discussed, I mean, they've been out there and very vocal and very active. They're not hard to find. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? This is Shireen, and I have struggled with anxiety and depression in the past. I've often turned to counseling and therapy 
to help me through. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. But this service is available for clients worldwide. Flamethrowers, wherever you are, BetterHelp can help you. You can log in to your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy, which may not even be possible in a pandemic anyway. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read testimonials that are posted there daily. Visit BetterHelp.com burn, that's better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they have started recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Burn It All Down listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com burn. That's betterhelp.com B-U-R-N. Melissa has been named an analyst for FUBO's coverage of this year's Eliminatorias for Comebol, which is the most competitive and interesting qualifiers for the 2022 World Cup that the men will have. Um, how do you feel about this? How- I'm super excited, honestly. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is like my first big shot on live TV. Um, I've done like live stream, like digital stuff, but not on TV. And I feel like it's everything that I've worked for, honestly, Um, because since I stopped playing, and this is a huge difference between men and women's players is like, or even Latin Latinas or Latin American players compared to former U S women's national team players. Like we don't have it easy at all. When uh, a former male player retires, you know, the agent comes, Hey, let's put you into Fox sports. Hey, let's put you here. Let's get you a, you know, six figure deal, seven figure deal, whatever. And it's you like, can coach Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Or be, or work at the Academy and get paid a lot of money. And it's like, as soon as us women retire, it's like, we're swimming and we're like trying to figure out what the heck to do. And so for me personally, like, as soon as I, I, I stopped playing, I started I grabbed my digital camera. I started filming videos of me in in an apartment in West Palm Beach, like, and literally a studio apartment with scarves in the background and just talking about women's soccer about the, or the premier league or La Liga, whatever, just to start getting those reps and seeing like, could I do this? And it's been in the making for like, gosh, what, like three years. Um, And of course I've had other job experiences that have been amazing and covering soccer and on camera, but like, this is my first live TV broadcast. So I'm like, super humbled, super excited, pumped, nervous, all the above. What's the scariest thing um, about it for you? I don't know yet. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like because we'll obviously get enough time to prep 
um, and like study all the stats and stuff like that. Um, I feel like in a year like this past year, 2021, 2020, where there's been so many pauses and breaks and like so many different things, um, there has to be a huge recap of what this eliminatorias is. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I just have to study really well. Um, no stats. And I feel like it's just another moment to like prove myself, but I, I hope it just makes a great impact for like former players or like Latinas wanting to get into this space. Cause it's not easy. You get that one shot and it's your opportunity. So it's like a soccer game. You get your opportunity and you just gotta, you gotta perform well. So we're probably safe to guess that Brazil's going to be in. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time there. I would actually say I feel safe about Argentina too. I would say like, yeah, probably that's a no brainer, but it might not be. I mean, they've got a couple of points different, but then it really opens up. Mm-hmm. Totally opens up. Do you have any, I don't know, any predictions about the best games to watch this June? Just for people who don't know, uh, the qualifiers were also supposed to take place in March. They were canceled. So there's a lot of anticipation about these games in the first week of June. Yeah, no, I think that, well, for Colombia in general, it's going to be an uphill battle, uh, an uphill road, because they did not perform well in the fall of 2020, um, lost some big key games, but they have a new coach now. Uh, Reynaldo Reda and so with this new coach they're hoping uh, a new source of energy a new source of leadership um, maybe bringing in some new players perhaps you'll see some new and young ones that are performing well in the league in Di Mayor so I'm excited to see what will happen with Colombia obviously no matter the circumstance no matter what <laughs> like I'll always root for Colombia you know it's it's hard because sometimes I'm like mm, you know like just have that grudge but then at the same time it's like of course I'm gonna root for my country to go to the world cup you know at the end of the day um another interesting part has been Ecuador um and I'm thinking about things in the top of my head I haven't studied all this yeah yeah. we're getting the first take here the first framing (laughs) at burn it all down this is so exciting (laughs) yeah um Ecuador has definitely performed and, and been like the the dark horse I feel um and Chile will be also interesting, and, and, and with Uruguay, I mean, you have Cavani and Suarez's potential last World Cup goes. Um, so yeah, I think it's, oh gosh, for me, Conmebol World Cup qualifiers are always the hardest, yep. always most competitive in the world by far. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, Chile's underperformed, but then you still have, if you have a young and healthy Arturo Vidal with Alexi Sanchez, then you're, you know, and then you've got Cavani and Suarez that may be older, that may be the last team to use two strikers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the world. I mean, I don't know another one, um, but, and you've still got Taveres, right? Who's been the coach since before I was born. Um, And that's a long time. And so, yeah, that's, it's, so exciting keep in mind like the last time that these teams competed like these games were supposed to be played in march yeah and were postponed so the last time uh these national teams really got together for these world cup qualifiers was it was in the fall yeah. of 2020 um and they're squeezing it all in this summer between yeah. eliminatorias um and copa america so it's definitely a packed schedule um i think these games will definitely affect uh copa america um but 
Yeah. Obviously, eliminatorias are more important. <laughs> I mean, in the Copa America, I want to ask you about this. It's scheduled to be in Colombia and Argentina. I mean, should these even happen? Yeah. So that's a great question and great point because, like I mentioned before, Colombia at the moment is in uh, like turmoil, like massive protests and, and innocent people dying and everything. But on top of that, COVID cases are to the roof this given point, which uh, sadly, it's like the third country in South America with the highest death rate um, because of coronavirus. So the third most in South America. Um, And on top of that, what I hear from my family as well, and my brother was just there in Colombia, was like the ICU rooms are packed, full capacity. Um, So there's a lot of issues going on between pandemic, between, you know, social injustice, between police brutality and the marches and the protests and the violence and the kidnappings, all this stuff. So a lot is going on, a lot to swallow, but um, I don't think that the Copa America should be in Colombia. That's me personally. That's my opinion. And like I I tweeted it earlier today and I think I'm even going to pull up this poll that I did if people think that it should be. Because today, actually trending on Twitter is hashtag no a la Copa America in Colombia. Um, so it's a lot to say because the people are saying there's more important things to, to think about right now and to resolve. Whereas the president is saying football unites people uh, and it will bring the nation together. Yes, football can do that. But at the same time, when people are dying, it's like, what are you comparing human lives to, to a sporting event? So it's crazy, like too many issues going on right now. And on top of that, you know, when there's a sporting event, such as Copa America, people are going to gather together and vaccinations are like, I don't, I think what, maybe 2%, I don't know what the exact percentage, but not a lot of people are vaccinated in Colombia. Oh, that's low. That's low. And I guess we're waiting to hear about fan capacity, but we know that the watching parties will happen anyway. So, you know, even if the fans aren't there, it seems, it seems like a perfect storm uh, right now. Well, before we let you go, I want to ask about kickoff coffee. Can you tell us about this project, this exciting new entrepreneurial venture? Yes, of course. So uh, during 2020, in June, July of uh, 2020, my brother and I and his fiance uh, came up with this idea uh, of a coffee brand around soccer. And it was actually my brother's idea. And when he told it to me, I invited myself on this journey. <laughs> I was like, I'm in. Like, I fell in love with it from the moment that he said it to me. And it only made sense because one, we're Colombian um, and coffee is a huge part of our love, our culture, our family uh, since we were little, but also because um, coffee and soccer go so hand in hand. Uh, you know, you wake up in the morning, if you're watching WSL, if you're watching Premier League, if you're watching whatever in Europe, you're waking up if you're in the West Coast at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. And the East Coast, you know, we get to sleep in a little bit more, but, you know, you could watch a game at 7 a.m. even. And so we've realized that there was a lot of engagement and content around coffee and soccer, yet there wasn't a brand tagged along. Mm-hmm. They're that. even called cafeteras, right? Yeah. I mean, don't they call the women's team? Somos las cafeteras, yeah. 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 Or los ca- cafeteros, yeah. Right. So it's, you know, literally the coffeeers. 
<laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the men's team is Los Cafeteros, and we were also known, or are still known as Las Cafeteras, like if we play in a World Cup and stuff. Um, so yeah, it only made sense. And then it just, we fused our, our two passions together of coffee and, and football and created a brand. And the really cool thing about our brand is from each region that, uh, or each bag that we really focus our, our coffee bag around, we find a foundation um, and donate 10% of those coffee sales to that foundation. So with our Colombian coffee bag, um, we made a partnership with Tiempo de Juego, which is a foundation in Colombia. Um, and we donate 10%. And then for the Forza Italian roast, well, Italy doesn't produce coffee beans, but it's a blend. So we actually partnered though with a foundation in Italy um, that helps like immigrants, uh, refugees, um, all of these programs uh, through football. So at the end of the day, like we're using our, 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 our coffee sale donations um, to partner with, with foundations and organizations that utilize soccer as a tool for social development. So our next bag, uh, we'll be partnering with the foundation out of Atlanta. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something in the making. It's been growing. We've been receiving a lot of cool attention. Um, and it's strictly right now e-commerce, but, um, something that is continuing to grow and we're like super excited about the way it has been received by the, by the public. Where can people go to buy it? At www.kickoffcoffeeco.com. And then on Instagram, it's at kickoff coffee co. Okay, you heard it here. <laughs> so excited for you. There's so much going on. Um, okay, last question. Who was your favorite player to play against? Against Martha, hands down. <laughs> okay, why, why, why? So the first time I played against her was in 2011 or 12. And she's just so fast. She was so fast and so technical, so witty and smart. Like she was just everything. Like she's literally everything a woman soccer player wants to be <laughs> to this day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, not only was she like technical and, and such a badass on the field, like just the vibe that she gave off just, you know, full of confidence. And it's just so great. It was, it was an amazing experience. The first time I actually played against her, I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> it, it was really, it was really cool. And Brazil and Colombia used to always be the top two countries in South America competing against each other. So it was always like really hardcore games. Um, now, of course, things have, have changed and other South American countries have really stepped up their playing and, and really received more support at least you know you have chile in the mix you have argentina in the mix but at the end of the day martha <laughs> hands down you know um every time i ask a player that so far i think it's been five or six times that has been the answer every time really? um except from sissy who who wasn't playing at the same time <laughs> so you're not alone you're not alone i must say though i don't think i have played against Crystal Dunn uh so I feel like if I were to play against Crystal Dunn then I would be like <laughs> Crystal Dunn because she's just so crafty and so versatile and so speedy like all of like she's the most underrated player but should be so high valued honestly Oh, she's incredible. Actually, um, it's so interesting because she was on the show a few months ago and I asked her about feeling um, undervalued. And she said something that I think you'll find 
um, absolutely in keeping with her personality. And she said, well, on the one hand, sometimes I think to myself, you know, that's not so great. And she's like, but then I think, oh, I'm really motivated. Like they're going to put this in the paper tomorrow. Like this is going to like now watch them try to ignore this. And I thought, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's why you're you and I'm me. <laughs> I love that. I seriously love that. I did too. I I did too. Well, Melissa Ortiz, thank you so much for being with us at Burn It All Down. We so appreciate your time and are so excited to follow both Kickoff Coffee and also to see you on Fubo in the Eliminatorias. We send all of our love and solidarity to Colombians um, who are struggling in this time. Thank you. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so much.